Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley. Julio Sanchez produced the operation, and now Sean Barber, 10-year NFL veteran, steps in to the uh, draft house as we're uh, going to have a lot of fun tonight, cussing, discussing, <laughs> arguing, maybe getting along, agreeing on picks for the Chiefs. Good evening, Sean. Bink, I'm going to leave all the uh, cussing to you. Uh, but the discussing. Well, I don't cuss no, on the radio. No one better cuss. Uh, no, discussing. Yeah, we can't cuss. Cuss, we, please. We can't. Yeah, so I'm going to leave that to you. I'm, I'm going to just uh, be diving in deep on the discussion part of it. Um, I got Pandora's box wide open. Um, it's draft time. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting for this for about four weeks of doing, like you said, I've been mocking like crazy. How many did you do, um, Barb? I did a total of 12 mocks. Woo! Um, I only went through the, the whole first, NFL or just Chiefs. I, uh, I, so my first four or five was just me being on like PFF, taking all the AFC West okay. teams. I just made picks for AFC West. And then as I got to buy picks like mocks five through ten, I would do just the AFC. And then for the last like two or three ones, I did the, like I made every pick. Um, so yeah, I, I have some names kind of like falling out my brain right now, but it's all good. Well, Jacksonville's on the clock, Sean, and we'll get to that uh, in just a second. But first of all, your feelings on the Chiefs, because there's been the rumors they've been trying to move up to one. There was another rumor about Jay Glazer that they were maybe going to try to give up next year's number one. Well, if that was the case, they'd keep one of the one or two of the ones this year. They'd get that one. They'd keep 29 or 30, whichever they decide to part with. So I want them to go edge and wide receiver in the first round. And then I have uh, Jalen Petrie going in the second Man, I think we're sitting in a position of power. And to me, when you're sitting in the Catberg seat, you let everything fall to you. You let everything come to you. So I don't need to be calling anybody. Our phone should be ringing off the hooks about people that want to gain our uh, first-round pick and an additional, you know, maybe fifth or sixth-round pick. Um, according to my uh, calculations, we have the Cleveland Browns. We got the Raiders. We got the Rams. We got Miami, Indy, San Fran, Denver, and also Chicago, who don't have a first-round pick. If I'm those teams, yeah, eight teams have two of them. Man, so it's gonna be dominated by eight teams. Yeah, so if I'm those teams, I'm itching, itching to get early in the second, trying to move up, do anything I can, and if, even if that includes giving away a uh, 2023 first round pick in order to try to move up. You know the way we're gonna do this, Sean. When Roger Goodell is going to make his pick, we're gonna go live to Roger Goodell. But I don't know. If, I think he's just. Talking here. Yeah, he's doing a little. I don't think he's actually making the, the pick for the Jaguars, which eventually they need to be good because this is the second straight year. They've been number one on the clock. See, I, I'm kind of, I told you I like wide receiver and edge the best, but I, 
am kind of enamored with these guys too. And I, I think that honestly, safeties have a chance to be the best in this draft as far as all the positions. Mm-hmm. Like Dax Hill that could play safety. He played nickel corner last year. Guy that I like, Sean, a ton is Jalen Petrie. Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, 75 tackles, three and a half sacks, 25 quarterback pressures from the secondary, two, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, two picks. Only guy in college football that had three picks, three forced fumbles, three and a half sacks. That's the guy I like because that, to me, screams Honey Badger. And he was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, first-team All-American. He's definitely showed some versatility, and like. that is something that you can't you can't see the versatility really on um, on film because you don't know in the meeting rooms. He is he the one making the calls? Is the other safety the one um, setting the, the pass protection? Um, as far as the, the you know what, what coverage you're in and out of, and when they go in motion and, and um, you know reset the the offense. Um, who's who's set, who's the who's the lead on the defense? Who's actually making the calls in the secondary? And so you got to wait until you get into a meeting room to find out if those guys are capable of, of accepting that responsibility. So after that, man, I think that, you know, only so much can be learned by watching the film, by watching the actual player play. Um, after that, you got to kind of, I mean, those one-on-one meetings, those 30 visits that each team has, those yeah. are very, very important to learn guys' personality and traits off the field. You know those top 30 visits you're talking about? Jameis Williams, one of the guys that made a top 30 um, Christian Watson, North Dakota State, that I really like, made a top 30 visit. George Pickens, who I think the Chiefs will get, to be honest with you, in the first round. I think George Pickens from Georgia, if, if you're going to get my take right now, that's going to be one of the picks they make tonight, is George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. But I've been saying, though, Sean, I think wide receivers four, five, and six may have a chance to be better than one, two, and three. reason I say that is Jamison Williams had 15 catches before he went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. He transferred to Alabama from Ohio State. They tried to make him a defensive back, right? That's that. Garrett Wilson had 40 catches in 39 the previous two years, barely over 1,000 yards this year. Lave didn't even get 1,000 yards this year. Drake London didn't run the pro day at the combine or his own pro day, the 40-yard dash time. So there's, you know, concerns to me all over where some of these, you know, afterthoughts, Christian Watson and Sky Moore could, and George Pickens could actually be better receivers. It wouldn't surprise me if the actual NFL teams, uh, big boy, when it comes down to ranking wide receivers, does not match what everybody else says because really everybody else is going off of pro day and combine, 40-yard times, and, and, and just you know watching 100 different reps. Uh, where the pros are going off of things, like you said, they, they have a little bit deeper dive that I think they're going in when you talk about evaluating wide receivers. Who's willing to go over the middle? Who's willing to also be a gunner? Uh, that, that's a valuable trade to have as your uh, if you're not going into a system as the number one wide receiver. You got to be able to do more than just uh, run routes and catch the ball. You got to be able to be a, the full package, especially if you're one of the top four guys going this draft. The Jags are officially on the clock at this point. You get ten minutes in round one to make your selection. So the Jags on the clock, and you may say, "Hey, wait a minute, why, why are they taking so much time?" They should have this done. Well, Detroit's calling. Detroit's calling. They're waiting for the phone to call. They're waiting for the phone to ring. Um, to no see one's what, calling, right? No one's calling. I, it the Detroit Lions no are calling. calling. Hey. It, 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 look, phones look empty. They look like anybody's calling. Detroit is calling. They got a secret bad phone or something, but you know Detroit wants well, that pick. Use cell phones. Oh, they're using the cell phones. No, I said they will use that and not the. Uh, oh yeah, text threads back and forth yeah, between the know, GMs. You know that's going to be. They don't want anybody to read lips. But George Pickens is the one that I say, and I didn't mock him to the Chiefs. He only played four games last year. That concerns me. Only eight the year before, so it's only 12. But physically, he's got the tools, and I think the Chiefs, you know, might look past some things, and that's a guy that fits with Kansas City. 
I don't. That'd be my guess for one of the picks in the first round is George Pickens. I don't know where you go, but that's at least I think the wide receiver they take. Well, I definitely got some advice. If you're riding around, you're trying to make yourself uh, trying to get get home to watch this draft. When you get home. Cut on that Odyssey app and listen to me and Jay Binkley because I think our commentary about this draft is going to be so much more exciting than these guys I see on the NFL Network and on TV. Uh, they're going to fill you with a bunch of stats and a bunch of history about the teams, but it's the present that matters. It's These these are picks that are made for the future, not the past. No one cares about what happened last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are their needs right now? Um, edge rusher, offensive tackle. I think edge rush is the obvious thing because it carries so much uh, value so much equity is in that position right now. So, uh, like I said, if I'm them, I'm waiting for Detroit Lions to call and offer me the moon to get Aiden Hutchinson. And that's another reason why you know I, I'd, I'd get one of these blitzing type safeties because Spags likes to blitz the secondary quite a bit. Honey Badger led the NFL defensive back since he was drafted in quarterback pressures, so I, I don't mind that from a, a secondary guy. All right, Sean, we're sitting here looking at the number one pick for longest time is Aiden Hutchinson. And all of a sudden, about the last yep. week, Trayvon Walker has passed him up. And both of them are going to be good players, I think, in the National Football League. I, I think the first five or six is pretty much a lock for being good players in the NFL. And I I don't know about the rest. I mean, there's going to be a lot of question marks. Because I heard Veach say he's got 16, 18 first-round grades. But as you were alluding to, that doesn't mean it's where everybody mocked him from NFL media. Yes. They could have second-round picks, first-round grades. For example... Dax Hill or a Jalen Petrie or somebody like that that they actually gave first round grades to, and you're not. It's not just going to be the first sixteen or eighteen taken off the board that Mel Kiper had. It's probably different, no doubt. You know, and listen. Sometimes this this is uh, we're, we're kind of rattling the bones, throwing them out, and see what what comes down. But at the end of the day, um, until that pick is made, it's going to be just every pick is going to be a bunch of suggestions. We're looking at multiple mocks, looking at multiple projections. Uh, multiple different rankings. Uh, obviously, who's the consensus uh, number one overall between uh, Walker and Agent Aiden Hutchinson? Um, and I think at the end of the day, you got to look at what the team needs, and then look at the defense and how are they going to use this guy. I just think the marketability of um, Hutchinson coming out of Michigan, not going to the Detroit Lions, seems to be almost some waste of some uh, dollars. Um, if I'm Detroit. I, I I will go ahead and spend that extra capital to move up to that number one pick um, and take it from Jacksonville and get the guy that I know is going to sell a whole lot of jerseys. And the big problem is David Ojabo, you know, her towards Achilles right there in pro day. And he was a stud last year, 11 sacks, same Michigan defensive line. Sean, you were a fourth round pick. And oftentimes George is like that, you know, they, cause they're sitting there with Quay Walker and they're, they're sitting there with Lewis seen and Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt and Trevon Walker, the Kobe Dean they're loaded, but I've always been kind of cautious of getting like, not the real stud on the defense. Ryan Sims, for example, for the Chiefs. They took him sixth. Same draft as Julius Peppers. Top six had two North Carolina guys from defense, right? Ryan Sims clearly benefited from Julius Peppers. They did the same thing that year with Eddie 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 Griffin from UAB. And Eddie same, Freeman. Eddie Freeman. From, yeah. Excuse me, Eddie Freeman and Brian Thomas. Now, you know, these are my teammates UAB. you're talking, so I gotta, okay. I'm treading Eddie lightly Freeman. on this. Ryan Eddie Sims, Eddie Freeman, these these guys are my teammates, so I, I, I'm going to tread lightly on All what right, I well, say about them. Well, Eddie was taken the same year as Brian Thomas, same UAB defensive line. Brian Thomas ended up being a good player. It's, I see this a lot, though. Kyler Gordon is the, the corner for Washington, same defense as Trent McDuffie. Like, do you get concerned at all with two guys from the same defensive line or same defense that 
they're not getting the attention the other one's getting? I mean, I wouldn't say I get concerned. I, I do have concern overall when you talk about, you know, uh, a powerful defense like this where they have, you know, six to seven guys that are all first, second round uh, grades, and you look at the college football and say, hey, you know when you get to the pros, you're not going to be that loaded. It's not going to be like all pro uh, weekend. It's not a pro bowl weekend. On your, I mean, your defense is going to have deficits. You're going to have to rise to the occasion. You're going to have to really whip your one-on-one in order to make this defense effective. And so how many times has the University of Georgia's defense stepped on the field and not been the dominant 11? A top two defense of all time, in my opinion. I, I mean, it's it's been ridiculous. For, so so how do these kids deal with adversity? How do they deal with being da- – like, they haven't dealt with any of that stuff. And those things mentally are sometimes tougher to get over than your own just uh, level of ability on the football field. All right, the pick is in. Trayvon Walker's who I'm going with. Who are you going with? I mean, Vegas calls it. I got to go with Vegas. Vegas says uh, Walker's the guy at the number one pick. So as soon as Roger Goodell comes out and gets booed, which I don't know why he's booed. He guy just prints money for everybody in the league. <laughs> like a ton. Of, he made this a bigger deal. It's a clown show. This is the biggest deal. that I mean, everything he does is gold, man. Still a clown show. Five years ago, I was getting mocked for doing a schedule release party, like 1130 at night. Everybody's mocking me. Now it's the biggest thing when the schedule comes out. Yes, it is. Yes, the it curve, is. Man. So, but, but, Sean, five years ago, they mocked me for doing it. They mocked me. As soon as Roger Goodell comes up to the podium, we'll bring it to you. Uh, Sean and I each have Trevon Walker. Julio, same thing with you? No, I'm uh, I'm going to go Aiden Hutchinson. Are you going Aiden? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that was nothing but smoke screens. Smoke screens. That's right. That's right. Which, by the way, listeners, we uh, we will be carrying each pick live. So each pick live. There's no right. reason to go anywhere. Each pick live. So if you're driving around, you have no reason to. Well, you don't have to hurry. No. You can just sit in that parking lot and listen. We got everything you need. Or you can be on your app need. and you can go on your back porch and listen. No, Barber's got his his giant book over there of, of picks <laughs> with his 12, 12 mocks. Have you He's seen Mitch's? It, have you seen Mitch's? No. Yeah, that's 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 silly. That's a cyclopedia collection. It is. It's massive. Years Mitch worth say, of knowledge. Huge. What? You know, put a little more emphasis that you did him wrong with that one. Come on. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, the, you got to be a little the, more Mitch's, emphasis. Mitch's preparation. Sound like Mitch at all. Mitch's preparation is second to none. I'm old enough to remember what a yellow page looked like. If you take three yellow <laughs> oh, pages, yeah, I remember those yes. too. You take three yellow pages and put it together, and that's his. Uh, that's his draft report. All right, all right, here we Let's go. Let's go live to NFL Network. Roger Goodell, the pick is in. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker, linebacker, Georgia. All right. So there we go. Trayvon Walker, the first selection. Here's more about Trayvon. (laughs) Trayvon Walker, 6'5", 275-pound defensive lineman, Georgia. What do they got in third and 14? No protection again. Sack off the edge. Trayvon Walker. Georgia defensive lineman Trayvon Walker is a tantalizing prospect in part because of his versatility. He can line up on the outside as a pass rusher or inside as a defensive tackle. He concluded his college career as a national champion, producing six sacks and seven tackles for loss in 2021. He's an outstanding run defender, distinguishing himself for dominating tight ends on his way to the ball carrier. Trayvon Walker, a real stud on this defense that was simply... Just one of the best we've ever seen, just how good that defense was uh, for Georgia. He's a big part of it, but, I'm, you know, he's not the only part of it. Like, that team was solid all the way around. Defensive line, you're going to see two linebackers drafted, maybe even tonight. And, of course, you're going to see uh, their safety as well and a corner coming off this Georgia team. 
Man, it is so deep. Um, uh, again, I had eight guys in my top 100. I had another ninth guy in the top 150. Um, probably it's a guy I don't even have uh, graded on is on their bench is going to get drafted later in the draft that I don't even know about. So um, when you have that much um, that much ability on one defense, again, it, it's 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 hard to to really evaluate his film because you know he's always getting singled up. It's because that D line was so so good. Everybody's getting singled up, and so. I don't know. Again, you got to be able to, you know, handle some double teams and, and really the guys you're going against at the NFL level, um, you, you, you really got to be a guy that got more than one one trick. Detroit Lions now on the clock. Sean and I will give you your opinion which direction they're going. Anything to Kansas City. Oh, the pick is already in. We know who that is. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. We yeah, know who that is. Yeah, they, they, wow. were, they were running up that card for Aiden Hutchinson. Man, point. they had that one written so out. So they get their guy. They get their guy. No reason to trade. No reason to trade. See? So we'll come back, but there is no waste of time for Michigan grabbing somebody from the state of Michigan. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's going to be the number one jersey in this uh, oh, yeah. from now until the season starts. That Aiden Hutchinson jersey is going to is going to is going to is going to set records as far as in the state of Detroit, definitely. Well, it might. So we'll go we'll go to the pick when the uh, Roger Goodell makes his way. He barely got to sit down before Detroit was. <laughs> I mean, that was quick, right? Like, like but seriously, though, what, what, what else would you wait for? You're not trading out of that spot. You got the guy that you probably wanted all along at number two, and they're happy. And there was probably, you know, six, seven, eight teams, maybe even more that had Aiden Hutchinson, the first pick in the draft. Yeah, I, w- I would say the Lions sat there with two cards in their hand and just said, you know what, instead of trading up and losing – Draft capital. Yep, we're comfortable with either one. So whatever y'all, you, you know, do what you need to do as an organization, and we'll just you bob, we weave, right? That you mean the the Detroit Lions actually made a good pick? Yes, finally in, in my lifetime. Smart moves. Besides, did they ever did they draft Barry Sanders? I think they did do that. Um, yes, Barry's going to make their pick for him tomorrow. But yes, they they drafted him. But they've got to get a quarterback. Here's Roger Goodell, NFL Network, with the Lions pick that's in. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. So the hometown kid. All right, that was easy. And what they said, some of the football prognosticators said today, one and two picks are easy. And then it all just blows up and the fun begins. Sean and I are going to have fun. We'll come back and tell you exactly which direction the picks go. The Houston Texans on the clock. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special and the NFL Draft Special. Jay Binkley, Sean Barber, Julio Sanchez. Let's go to the podium. Roger Goodell's got the Houston Texans pick. Okay, so the first corner. So there you go. The first corner now off the books. And Derek Stingley Jr., they did not go offensive line, Sean. I thought they were going offensive line, and so did you. Which means Aquan Yu and Evan Neal still there. The two best offensive linemen still there. We saw Aiden Hutchinson go number two and Javon Walker go number one. So Derek Stingley, who did find himself dropping for a while, Moving on up right to the number three pick in the draft. So, you know, him falling, that was uh, 
that was one of the bigger smoke screens you've ever seen because he didn't exactly fall. He made his way up to number three. Impressive deal for, for Derek Stingley. And here's real quick on Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback, 6'1", 195 pounds, LSU. Neal goes deep. It is intercepted. It's the freshman, Derek Stingley Jr. Stingley has played just 10 games over the last two seasons due to injury. He had a strong pro day with a 4-3-7 40-yard dash and a 38-and-a-half-inch vertical. If his injury issues are behind him, he can be an all-pro type of player. He's the grandson of former NFL wide receiver Daryl Stingley, who was paralyzed in a game in 1978. So there you go. The Jets on the clock right now. And we'll go back to the phone lines and talk to Bob Fesco from Fesco in the morning about this NFL draft and he's, if he's enjoying it to this point. What's up, Bob? Good morning, Jay, or good afternoon, I guess this is for you. Or evening. It's it's, I think it's the night. evening, I don't know Bob. what time of day it is, right? It's the evening. It's the evening. Barbara and I are having a fun time watching this draft, but, Bob, you know how much this is going to mean to Kansas City next year. I mean, just look at the crowds and excitement for this in Vegas. Jay, I'm just sitting here looking at it going, oh, my God, they've already announced it's well over 100,000 people that are at this draft. Is that right? And, I mean, it, it, it's Vegas, man. People like to go to Las Vegas. More people go there than anywhere in the world, you know. So I think people are going to be excited next year here in Kansas City. I'm just trying to kind of envision it in my mind. And, and my wife, Jen, goes, where are they going to have it here? In front of Union Station? I'm like, I don't know exactly what the final plans are, but it's got to be a place that can, you know, fit upwards of 100,000 people on the streets. And the best thing about it is it's all free, too. The NFL does such a great job of kind of taking care of the fans on an event like this where they just let everybody kind of have the opportunity to, to be part of something. And, and I've been to a couple of these drafts over the years, Jay, and they really are such great fan experiences. I just can't wait to see what we do here in Kansas City next year. Well, Bob, you've seen some of the rumors, uh, some of the rumors out there the Chiefs are trying to trade up. Um, I've heard in the early 20s or trade up and give up a first-round pick for next season, even though that's going to be at the end of the first round, uh, that kind of pick. For the Chiefs, are you still leaning this team's going to trade up? Or are you still thinking they're going to stay at 29-30? Well, Jay, I, I think when anytime you have Brett Veach, you, you know, you've got to think he's going to try to trade up. He's not a guy that likes to stand pat. So I, I, I kind of think the Chiefs are going to do everything they possibly can to move up in this draft because I'm sure there's one or two players that they covet, right? Whether it's on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, there's probably, you know, a wide receiver out there, whether it's Jamison Williams that they absolutely are in love with. Maybe there's a defensive end out there, even though two have already got off the board. As we, as we kind of knew, the first two picks were going to be, you know, defensive ends, and then the cornerback Stingley goes. So the wide receiver's already starting to slip, and I'm sure the uh, the Chiefs are getting wide-eyed with that because they, they may want to jump up and grab a, a game-changing wide receiver. So, I, you know, I, I wouldn't care. I don't really care what they do. As long as they don't take both of these picks and trade out of the first round and have nothing to show for it, I, I think what we're going to see is, is, is really either two good players at 29 and 30 or the potential of one really great player somewhere in the, in the mid-teens, the early 20s. Yeah, it's exciting, and I feel like I was talking to Kling earlier, kind of feels like you're in house money now that the chiefs aren't to worry about a quarterback because i'd be really worried about a quarterback this year matter of fact i've oh, been really yeah. worried about a quarterback since Mahomes. well yeah and, and that's the 
And, you know, you're set at head coach and quarterback. There are so many teams who, you know, every year or so are, are looking to, you know, change their head coach. I mean, look what's going on in Houston. They've had, what, three head coaches in three seasons now down there. Jacksonville has the same thing, three head coaches in three seasons down in Jacksonville. And when you do that and you're constantly changing out your head coach, you're really just not giving your players the chance to succeed. And we love to call quarterbacks and players in this league bust, but I, I look at it that 50% of the time the quarterback lets you down, and 50% of the time the team lets the quarterback or the player down and when you're constantly changing the quarterback position or you're constantly changing the head coach position you're really not putting your guys in position to have success the message changes the system changes and it's hard year in and year out to be a player in the national football league and constantly have you know your head coach or quarterback being changed and and the winning organizations are stable at the quarterback position and stable at the head coach position and if you're not stable at either one of those you don't stand a snowball's chance in hell of winning games is there a certain player that you like? Uh, just have your eye in this first round. That, that, no, you, you know, I, I don't think there's a certain player okay. that, that I have my eye on. I, I think it's more along the defensive line, Jay. I, I still think that's the biggest area of need, you know, for this organization because I, I still think without a strong defensive front, it doesn't matter if you go out and get Daxton Hill, who I really do like a lot. But I, I just can't see giving up first-round collateral for him if you're not solved along the defensive line. And other than Frank Clark and Chris Jones, they really don't have enough talent right now along that defensive line. And if you don't have talent along the defensive line, you can have Deion Sanders, Ronnie Lott, Daryl Green, and Daxton Hill back there playing defensive back, and they're not going to stand a chance if you can't get to the quarterback. So I, I still think defensive end is probably the way to go. Uh, maybe Karloftis will be there, as we talked about this morning. You know, Jay, mm-hmm. late in, in the first round, he seems to be the guy that, that that's falling. Maybe they don't like him, and they're not interested at all, and they don't have a first-round grade on him. But I, I still think defensive end is, is truly where they need to go. I think, you know, everybody loves to get a wide receiver and wants a wide receiver and thinks we need to replace Tyree Kill right away. But I look at that wide receiver position right now as, as not one of the biggest needs on this team. And, and I was looking at it even before the Tyree Kill trade and after the Tyree Kill trade. It's still not one of the biggest needs on this team because you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Matt Nagy's back now, too. Great stuff, Bob. Uh, I guess we'll uh, see you in the morning. All right, Jay. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> talk to you. Great. Talk to you then. Jets uh, pick is in, Sean. Um, obviously, the two best offensive linemen still on the board. I've thought of Sauce Gardner going to the Jets all along. Ahmad Sauce Gardner. I'm going to go with that here because I felt this way all along, and I know you have offensive line options but I'm going with, I think, the best nickname in the draft, Sauce. Yeah, I'm going to go with NC State, the uh, offensive tackle, Iquan Iquanu. Iquanu. I think that's the way to go and protect the quarterback. You got a franchise quarterback, protect him. All right, let's go here from Roger Goodell. Oh, they've already made the selections. Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, goes to the New York Jets. <laughs> Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback. Six foot two, 190 pounds, Cincinnati. Touchdown! Arquan Bush with the block, and Sauce Gardner takes it to the house. He's considered one of the top corners in the class, and his aggressiveness and want to is evident. Gardner's notable length, combined with great footwork, athleticism, and fluidity, make him ideal for a press man scheme. Nicknamed Sauce, he measured at nearly six foot three with 33 inch arms. I like Sauce Gardner. I even like him better than Stingley. I mean, he's almost 6'3". He's got those long arms, the wingspan. I think they got the uh, best cornerback with the New York Jets. I mean, 6'3", 190 pounds, got that tall, lanky body. But uh, I like Sauce better than Stingley. I think the Jets got a good one here. 
But I think the you know the poster child for cornerback is now Jalen Ramsey with those long arms and that you know being able to go vertical, be be able to press man and still be able to play high point the ball, red zone all all over the field. I think you know uh, again in, in my ranking I had Sauce Gardner. I actually had Stingley as my number three. I had the guy from uh, Washington UW in front of him, uh, McDuffie. So. Um, I was kind of surprised that even with the injury to Liz Frank, that the Houston Texans kind of overlooked that and this went ahead with uh, Stingley at three. So uh, now the New York Giants on the clock. They have picked G-men. They have five and seven. The Panthers squeezed in between them at number six. We'll take a timeout, let you know who the Giants select next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Bakley, Sean Barber. Let's go to the podium now and hear from Goodell on the Giants pick. <laughs> I'm saying Thibodeau, by the way, Barber. Tonight, his wish to yeah, I like Thibodeau the is that pick first coming pick in. comes true. We hope this wish will be a turning point for Sam as he looks forward to being a sports broadcaster in the future. Okay, Sam, it's time to get your wish true, baby. Thank you, Mr. Goodell. With the fifth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York football giant select, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. There you go. Thibodeau goes right there. We've seen three of the top edge rushers already off the board. Uh, Sean, I happen to be undefeated at this point on my uh, my selections. You got that one right as well. Yeah, I think right now only one that, that Houston Texans and that, um, uh, the two cornerbacks kind of threw me off. But I think, you know, the, the edge rushers being three of the top five picks, is, it was almost a no-brainer. Uh, they were all so highly rated. And if you're looking at the Giants, they got two picks out of the next, you know, they had two out of three. Yeah. If you wanted an offensive tackle, just wait. You got two good ones on the board. Get your edge oh, rusher, yeah. <laughs> secure that, and then you can come back after Carolina picks and get whichever uh, offensive tackles left over. Well, one really good edge rusher remains, and that's Jermaine Johnson. So, I mean, as far as you can get the second tier where the Chiefs are at. So, if there was a team that enough. wants to trade up, I would be this is the time, like, you know, if you have three or four teams all looking for that next edge, you might see somebody trying to rush up to that. Uh, nine, that ninth pick, I think, at Seattle or someplace like that in order to try to get that last edge. And if you traded 29-30, the highest you could go is number nine, according to the trade chart. But Trevon Walker goes to Jacksonville. Aiden Hutchison, the second pick, goes to the Lions. Derek Stingley, the corner, goes third to the Texans. Ahmad Sauce Gardner goes to the Jets at fourth. And Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the Giants at number five. And let me tell you, this guy was fun to watch this year. Kayvon Thibodeau, edge. 6'5", 258 pounds. Oregon. Kayvon Thibodeau, the explosive pass rusher, makes a huge play on special teams. Thibodeau is a unique athlete that has the potential to be a game-changing type of player. His last season in college wasn't quite up to expectations. Regardless, his burst and a first step are undeniable in giving him a big advantage in becoming a productive pass rusher. He'll need to learn more pass rushing moves and techniques to be able to get to the QB with more than just power and speed. He's a stud and going in, you know, the last year he was there, I mean, take up with the grain of salt. Josh Allen, by the way, the quarterback of the Bills, had 1,800 yards passing and only 2.2 yards of carry his last year at Wyoming. So sometimes you have to look past single season numbers and look at the full body of work 
uh, of when they're there. But Thibodeau, one of those guys that hey, he's cocky, man. And he was like, hey, man, I think I'm the best edge that's out there. But three of the top edges already off the board. But Thibodeau's a guy that if you watched him this year, I mean, he, he stood out the year before. He stood out a little bit more. But he came in with the hype of maybe being the number one overall pick when he came into the season. Yeah, I mean, he's got great upside. He's freakish athlete, um, obviously graded off the board. Um, but you always worry about, you know, these Oregon guys because, you know, they, they've had a couple guys on the edge that have kind of had, had some glimmers, some lights of uh, being uh, that guy. But then when they get to the league, they just kind of fizzled out. So hopefully Thibodeau wouldn't be that same guy. Um, with the Carolina Panthers, now on the, on the clock, I yeah, dare to say, is this Malik Willis? Is this, is this the time for Carolina to find their quarterback of the future? You know, there's been talk that the first quarterback could drop in this situation to uh, Malik Willis is who you have here. Uh, the Chief, there was actually someone on NFL Network last night had the Chiefs trading up 29-30 and 30 to the number six spot here, but I don't think there's going to be a need for the Chiefs to do that at this point. Are you saying Malik Willis? That's who I'm going with. I think You're officially stamping that. I'm going to say it too because they need a quarterback, and they said they're going to get a quarterback. And if you're going to get one, get it now. Malik Willis, the quarterback out of uh, Liberty University. Carolina's got 235 left on the clock here. But uh, Sam Darnold's not the direction to go. If they want to improve and Matt Rule wants to keep his job, it's not Sam Darnold. Exactly. And I, and I always said, listen, if you're a coach in a hot seat, the most secure way to keep your job is to draft a first-round uh, quarterback. Because everybody knows when you draft a quarterback, you at least got two years. You got a, a year to sit him, watch behind somebody, and then you got a year for him to play. So if you're, uh, you know, if, if you're rule, the rule way is to, you know, actually protect your next two years by drafting a quarterback here at six. Well, and that, that's the direction they might go. I'm hoping the quarterback run starts at some point because all these runs, and I don't know if we're going to see the safety run or not. I mean, if everything's flipped upside down, you could, or cornerback run. Typically, those guys are seen to be going in the second round as, as safeties and corners. Let's take a quick timeout, Julio, because uh, the pick is in for the Panthers. We'll bring you that when we come back. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. Welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Show, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Jay Binkley, Sean Barber, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. Kwan Yu was taking, taken by the Carolina Panthers, the number one offensive line where we have break. The Panthers take linemen. Finally, they didn't go quarterback. They went Kwan Yu that uh, some say is the best offensive lineman in the draft. Who, by the way, was getting run at number one overall there for a while. North Carolina State, offensive line, six foot four, 320 pounds. As both a guard and tackle, Ekwonu has been called Mr. Pancake due to his many pancake blocks and a rare, violent, and devastating blocking style. He was a unanimous All-American selection last season. As a run blocker, he's physically imposing and often produces entertaining highlight reel stuff. He's strong, explosive, athletic, and powerful. So there you go, Mr. Pancake. As an offensive lineman, you'd love to be known as Mr. Pancake. 
But finally, we see offensive linemen uh, off the board, Sean. About time. Offensive tackles are very, very uh, valuable. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that if the Panthers did not go quarterback here, it's because they have plans on either going after Baker Mayfield or maybe Jimmy G um, to give them a little bit of help in that quarterback room. So maybe that, that was the decision to pivot at the offensive tackle. But, you know, you got the Giants back on the board. And like we said, they took their edge rusher at five. If, if, if they had – both of the offensive tackles on the board, Kwan New and Evan Neal, um, just let the Carolina Panthers pick one, and you still get one at you know at pick seven. So I think that was a smart move by the Giants, not uh, going offensive tackle and uh, and possibly losing the edge rusher they wanted. Giants on the clock once again. They were just on the clock at number five. All right, they take edge. Kadarius Tony. They're trying to unload last year's number one pick. They go wide receiver again here. Mm, we haven't seen a single wide receiver taken off the board. I'm going to go Jamison Williams here. Uh, hey, that's a good pick. I like that. If the Giants want to go with that, um, obviously, like you said, it, it, the thing about trying to trade the young man from Florida, um, they're not liking the fact that he doesn't come to the postseason, uh, preseason workouts. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that they got some greater needs um, with the offensive line. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Neil from Alabama. And the one thing is it's, it's been kind of good for the Chiefs so far in this draft. Because, well, I mean, unless you really wanted to get one of the top three edges, but I never saw them getting Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker, or Kayvon Thibodeau. I never thought they would even sniff those guys. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everybody knew that in the top, you know, five or six picks that uh, half of those picks were going to be edge rushers. Edge is so, it's premium right now. So um, it's just the state of football where we're at right now. Everybody's trying to get to the quarterback. Everybody's trying to get to the quarterback. And not only that, but one thing with the Chiefs, Sean, is, you know, with the cornerback position. I mean, is it being devalued? Because, listen, Shavarius Ward was traded for Parker Anger. It was on the Lions practice squad last year. That's a home run for Brett Beach there. I like that trade for that. Uh, Jerry Sneed, a fourth-round pick. Rashad Fenton, sixth-round pick. You know, they bring in DeAndre Baker, a former first-round pick, but obviously he was picked by the Giants, not the Chiefs. But they're able to, they've been able to get by with that. Yeah, I thought – yeah, I think you gotta you gotta attribute that to Coach Spagnola and obviously Dave Merritt, um, the defensive back coach and his coordinator. Um, they're able to take some guys who have some raw skill sets and be able to put them out there and still make, uh, still make hay, still be out there and perform at a high level, um, and, and not having to use um, you know first, second, or third round draft capital to go out and get these guys that everybody else is covering as as top corners, and still being able to be a you know very um, a very solid uh, secondary. What's more important to you, getting to the quarterback or having uh, corners? Oh, getting to the quarterback, definitely. Uh, if you got a great pass rush, then you can take average uh, cornerbacks and make them look good. All right, here's the Giants' seventh selection in the draft. Here's Roger Goodell. Choosing With the from seventh the pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Evan Neal, tackle, Alabama. So Evan Neal, just a freak athlete. I don't know if you saw those videos of him jumping on top of that box before the season started. His size, freak athlete. So here, Giants go offensive line. They go edge rusher. And then the second best offensive lineman or best, whether you think he was better than a Kwan Yu or not. But the Giants did not go wide receiver. And again, I think that bodes well for the Kansas City Chiefs. They go Evan Neal out of Alabama instead. Evan Neal, offensive lineman. 6'7", 350 pounds, Alabama. 
Neal uses his massive frame to be a dominant run blocker and can wear down defenders. He impressed by moving from right tackle to left tackle his last season in college, showing his versatility. He should be a day one starter for the team that selects him. He ruffled a few feathers by refusing to run the 40-yard dash and other timed workouts for scouts, saying his abilities are on the tape for all to see. Well, it didn't cost him because he's the seventh pick in the draft. Maybe a few slots, maybe a few slots. But anyway, thanks to Roger Goodell, NFL Network. And uh, we'll have the uh, next pick for you there. But Evan Neal, uh, the Falcons, by the way, on the clock now at pick number eight. But Evan Neal, second offensive lineman come out. So we saw edge, edge, corner, corner, defensive end, edge again. Then two offensive tackles. That's what we've seen. We've seen no wide receivers so far to this point. Now, at some point, is going to be the run on him. I think it starts very soon. Uh, the Falcons are definitely in need after you know losing Ridley in the offseason, um, not having much depth in that room. Um, I, I would say if there was a team that I could see uh, taking a number one wide receiver off the board, it would be the Atlanta Falcons. Um, if they don't go wide receiver, I have them obviously complete, com, com, um, continuing the trend and maybe taking uh, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Well, they have uh, what the Chiefs need. They need edge, need, like you said, and wide receiver. We'll take a timeout and come back with that Atlanta Falcons pick. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 